Amen. Thank you, Austin. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Submerge. So glad to see you all here. Uh, my goodness, my, my mind is going a million miles an hour. So many things to talk about in so little time. And that food smells really good, so I know I don't want to drag this on too long, right? So that the food doesn't go bad on us. But uh, thanks so much for being here. I've got a, a couple things I'm going to highlight before I get into the actual message. Uh, interesting letter that was a mystery letter was sent to us this week. I'm assuming other churches got it as well. And I started kind of doing my uh, investigative work. I'm like, hmm, why did they just put submerge, not submerge church? Where's the, you know, just things like that. The, they originally put my personal zip. I mean, so it's obviously somebody who knows me. I'm assuming other churches got it. It was a really, really good letter. I, I took it to heart. I read it. Someone had it on their heart to be talking to churches in the area about things that we need to repent of. And I've really been praying about that a lot, you know, just in this nation, our own church. You know, what, what do I need to personally be repenting of in my life so that God can have uh, his full effect in our lives and in our churches? And uh, I, mean, I don't have time to read the whole letter, but I just want to share the, the, the main points that they brought up. In this, this person, there, there, is no, there's no, there was no signature, there was no return address, uh, but they, they type it up. And, um, but so this is what, according to what they said, what does the church need to repent of? First thing listed was gossip, slander, and lies out of Proverbs. I agree with that. Cowardice, timidity, and complacency. I agree with that. Second Timothy, repent of that. Conforming to the LGBTQ movement rather than allowing the Lord to transform the renewing of minds. Amen. False teaching. Instead, prepare the church for persecution before the return of Christ. I agree with that. There's a lot of people that are kind of teaching a preaching a gospel of comfortability and Jesus is Mr. Nice Guy and loves everybody and you're going to be just fine. And uh, I don't think that's true. Jesus, I mean, we could go on and on about that, but you know, read Matthew 24, Jesus warned us, uh, you're going to face persecution. If they, if they, <laughs> if they, if they kill Jesus, of course they're going to persecute us. You know, he promised persecution. And then lastly, uh, this letter, it said irresponsibility, not taking our authority in Christ to properly lead the next generation and preserve our nation as set apart for the Lord. Uh, and there, there was a lot of other details that they put in here. The one thing I was disappointed about is whoever wrote this letter, it, it, it was very good, and it, it, it struck my heart, and I repented of some things. But in here, number two, they talk about towardice, timidity, and complacency. So I'm asking myself, why didn't you have the courage to sign your name and put your return address on this letter? If you're telling me to not have cowardice, and you guys know I, I submitted a letter to the forum with other pastors. I signed my name on it. I put the church I was from and uh, even the city that I'm from, I believe, and, and I, I, I stand by that letter. You know, I, I put my name on it. So anyway, if any of you has something to say to me, and this was, and this was very good. I, w I wish they would have put their name on it. I could write to them, hey, amen, brother or sister. Thanks for sharing this word. But uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna confront somebody, make sure they know who you are. Ha have some have some courage, you know. Uh, let's do the Matthew 18. Pro and I agree, no, no gossiping, slandering. If you got a problem with somebody, follow Matthew 18. Go and talk to that person who offended you and make it right between the two of you. And if they don't listen to that, take take uh, one or two more friends with you. I, I mean, we, we we don't have time, Christians, to be messing around and holding on to grudges and gossiping about people. We, we, just, we just need to be frank with people and say, hey, when you said this, that offended me. You know, do, speak the truth in love. And uh, anyway, so th this was good. Uh, second thing I wanted to point out before we get to the message, as Austin said, I know what Patriot's Day is. 
And tomorrow it's in, it's in North Dakota. It's, it's only celebrated by six states right now. Uh, so Massachusetts, I think everyone knows, is kind of the, the torchbearer in Patriots Day. Like, yeah, some people call it Marathon Monday, tomorrow the Boston Marathon. Uh, but so it's Massachusetts, Connecticut, Maine, Wisconsin, Florida, and North Dakota are the six states that, that celebrate that. And uh, for those of you who have the Founders Bible, which I've talked about before, I really encourage you to take a look at the article. It's called The Shot Heard Round the World. It starts on page 1884 and goes through page 1886. I'm just going to read a small excerpt from it to wet your palate for what the rest of it says. But uh, if you have the Founders Bible, write that down, page 1884 through 1886, and read it before tomorrow. I was very encouraged by it. But So Patriots Day, you know, uh, it, it marks or commemorates... Uh, April 19th, 1775, which was the official beginning of the Re American Revolutionary War, the first military engagement of the Revolutionary War. Um, of course, in Boston and North Dakota, they, they celebrated on the third Monday of every April, which is usually pretty close to April 19th. And of course, this year, April 19th is on a Wednesday. That's when Florida and uh, Wisconsin, I think it is, actually celebrated on the actual day. But uh, it'll be observed here tomorrow. My family's planning on going to that uh, program tomorrow, by the way, at the air. Uh, Fargo Air Museum starts start at 12.15. So just encourage you to, uh, to come check that out and I think it'll be a, a, good, a good time, worth your time. But I just want to read a little bit out of this in regard to the shot heard around the world. So what, why is the shot that was heard around the world so important? It is important for Americans to remember that our war for independence was both lawful and just. It was a defensive war fought in a lawful manner consistent with biblical principles. It was not a rebellion, nor was it lawless. Where did the many militia units get such teaching, and why would they adhere to such biblical principles, such as interposition, which, which we've taught and spoke on at this church? Well, it was taught almost universally by the black-robed regiment the patriotic pastors who led the revolution behind the scenes as well as taking up arms themselves. And of course, we know that in this first battle of Lexington and Concord, uh, Pastor uh, Jonas Clark was largely behind, and, and men from his church sta standing up uh, against the British. But they, they were not the first ones who fired. You can read the testimonies from the British general and then from Pastor Clark on who fired first. It's pretty, pretty intriguing. But... Um, but it, it was the British that shot first, you know, based on those testimonies. Um, who shot first was vitally important. True liberty based upon the rule of law was at stake. If we support true liberty, both at home and abroad, we best begin in our churches with biblical explanations of why the law of liberty is what we want, not lawless, democratic freedom that trades one form of tyranny for another. May God help us learn from our heritage. So, uh, we would not be standing here today with these freedoms to meet today had it not been for that shot that was heard around the world. So, I think it's good for us to remember that. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I do want to acknowledge that uh, there, um, so sad, there's, if you've been following the news, there's been a, a lot of shootings lately. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's, it's very sad because real people are losing their lives. Uh, and today I just wanted to, as, as a brother, uh, encourage me to, and I agree with this, that uh, just to honor, there was two officers not too far from here that were just recently killed in a shooting. Uh, it was on April 8th, 
the Saturday before Easter, you guys might have heard about this, uh, near Cameron, Wisconsin, was where the shooting was, and two officers uh, died in the line of duty. duty. It was Officer Breidenbach and Officer Scheel. They just had the uh, funeral yesterday, and of course, uh, wanted to pray for their families and just all of our law enforcement officers. Uh, uh, Chief, Chief Officer uh, Dennis Otterness of the West Fargo Police Department spoke at our last uh, ELN meeting. Uh, very impressed with him. Just a very humble man, a man who fears the Lord. He's very thankful to be working in a community like ours that actually does support uh, law enforcement and not lawlessness like we see in other parts of the nation. And um, Anyway, but I just wanted to lift up the families of Officer Breidenbach and Officer Scheel um, as we get started here. So if you'd please uh, bow and pray with me. Father, we just humbly come before you today. We thank you for your word, how it guides us. I'm just looking forward so much, Lord, to uh, talking about what you've put on my heart today. And uh, so I just pray you give us soft hearts. I pray you give us attentive ears, hearts to receive your word. Uh, pray, pray you give us open minds, Lord. Maybe there's some, some wrong thinking that we have, some lies that we might be believing. We pray you just correct those today. Lord, I pray you'd search each of our hearts that we'd uh, repent of the sin in our lives. It's so easy to look and be, be thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening and this happening and the awful evils that are escalating, Lord, demons running rampantly. It's, it's, uh, we live in an upside down world and yet uh, each of us, Lord, uh, still struggle with that sinful man. We thank you that you've forgiven our sins and we pray that you would uh, just show us how we can be more faithful to you today, more committed to you today, that we would not have divided hearts, we would not have distracted hearts, but ones that are focused on you, that we would be truly devoted to you. So I pray you'd speak that to us today. And Lord, we just want to lift up the families of Officer Breidenbach and Officer Scheel who are mourning uh, their loss a little over a week ago now. Lord, we just pray that you'd uh, bring good out of this. Lord, we pray that uh, there'd be salvations because of this amongst family members, friends, colleagues. Uh, even across the police forces across this nation, Lord, we pray that there'd be men and women of integrity uh, and courage, that they would use their authority for good. And Lord, we just uh, thank you for even in this town, a, a man who fears God, uh, Chief um, Dennis Otterness. Just thank you for his humility and his willingness to uh, protect uh, and serve this community. Lord, we just pray for more uh, godly police officers to be raised. I pray you protect them, protect their families. They obviously are putting their lives on the line every day, and they don't know if they're going to come back home after their shift is over. So we uh, uh, just thank you uh, for all you're doing in the hearts of men and women, and yeah, we do lift up the families of Officer Breidenbach and Officer Shield. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to start a, a, a short two-part series. Uh, I've entitled it Devoted, Not Distracted. Devoted, Not Distracted. Um, this message I'm going to give today, uh, a lot of it is one that I gave not too long ago, but as I was thinking about what's going on in society, my own life, uh, there was a brother that sent me a couple articles, and I was like, man, these are really good, and I think Christians should be taking this to, to heart on how easily we are distracted. And so I, I thought instead of... Instead of talking about the problem, uh, I talk about the solution first. Like, okay, what, what should we be focusing on? You know, and, and a lot of our a lot of our spiritual battle that we fight, it's a battle inside of our minds. You know, there's a battlefield inside of our minds. And some of you probably know this, but I'm even starting to teach my boys this: how to resist temptation, how to fight against sin. And one of the best ways to do that 
is to, is to do and think about the things that you want to be doing and thinking about. Instead of saying, don't do that. Don't, don't grab that cookie. Don't grab that cookie. Don't grab that cookie. Okay, if you, and you know, I'm telling my kids this. All right, well, what, what are you thinking about when you, see, when you say don't grab that cookie over? Well, you're, you're thinking about the cookie. Yeah. <laughs> so the more you think about that, you, most likely you're going to fail. You're, you're going to grab that cookie when you're not supposed to. You, you don't think mom and dad are watching. They know God's always watching, things like that. And, and then you fail that temptation, right? So instead of saying don't grab that cookie, don't grab that cookie, say go help pick up toys. Go, you know, th- think of something good to do instead of something bad that you're not supposed to be thinking about, if that makes sense. You know, just kind of some basic little things like that. But, uh, but my goodness, Christians, our, our, our minds are, are in a battle right now. There are distractions left and right. Uh, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of what I'm going to talk about next week just so you can get an idea of what that'll be about and solutions on how to avoid being distracted. Uh, so this is a little excerpt from a article I'm going to be referencing, but it says, we, we have never been more connected with the news of the world around us, updates from the lives of our friends, and opinions of those we don't even know. Research shows that iPhone users unlock their phones an average of 80 times per day. In addition, it was shown that the average iPhone user checks their phone between six and seven times per hour, or about once every 10 minutes. Our days are constantly being interrupted by texts, tweets, push notifications, ads, Instagram posts, emails, and on and on we could go. Our brains are being trained to crave distraction. With this increased connectedness, if we are not careful, we can become disconnected with our creator. If there is quiet, we seek to fill it with noise. If there is a moment to slow down and seek our creator, we tend to distract ourselves instead of giving our attention to God. I could go on and on, but my goodness, I read this article, and I was was convicted when I read that. I immediately went into my email and unsubscribed from some things that I'm just, you know, like, emails I don't even read anyway, but then, you know, you you see that you got it, you opened it, like, ah, delete it. You know, it's it's taking up my time. So I'm like, okay, I don't even want those emails anymore. Who cares if Red Lobster's got some big special, you know, it's like, delete, delete, you know, I can, (laughs) that's that's like one of the emails that I was getting. Like, I love seafood. Man, I don't want to miss out in case they've got like a buy one, get one someday or something like that, you know. I was like, this is wasting so much of my time. So So I unsubscribed from the Red Lobster ones, I unsubscribed from Cadoba, I unsubscribed from, I didn't unsubscribe from Chick-fil-A yet, couldn't do, but got, still working on that one. But anyway, you see what I'm getting at. And it's, it sounds silly, but I mean, that's, that's taken up some time of my day. And then I went on some of these apps like, man, you know, I'm learning Russian on Duolingo. And, and I was like, man, I get, I'm getting all these notifications. Oh, so-and-so took your third place, but third place spot, blah, blah, you know, and, it, and it's gotten me like, oh, I got to get back in there and get, you know, and, and like, I don't need this anymore. I didn't start doing this to, you know, be fighting against people I don't even know. I did it because I wanted to learn another language. So then I, I, I turned a whole bunch of these notifications off on this app. And, and, uh, uh, and then my wife has just been uh, drilling me for uh, a number of weeks. And not, not to disagree with her, uh, but she's like, Paul, on our family Sabbath day, which for us is Friday, why don't you just put your phone on airplane mode or, even, or shut it off? And if something's really important, they're going to call or text me. You know, it's so like, you know, if, if your dad's going to the hospital and she can't, and your know, mom can't get a hold of you, they'll, they'll, they'll try to get a hold of you, you know, because, you know, anyway, and I was like, yeah, so guess what? So I, so I had my phone in airplane mode all day 
I, I did it like late Thursday nights, and then, you know, I still had it on, and then, you know, there's a couple news articles I read and some things I listened to, but really did not use my phone nearly as much as I would on a day off. And then, yeah, so I, I, didn't get any, I couldn't get any text from anybody. I couldn't get any phone calls. And it, it, was, it was amazing. Like, I was like, man, this is great. I, it, it was like one of the first times I felt like I, I had like a true Sabbath. Like it was, it was so nice. Like, and, and just spending time with my kids, you know, uh, there's another article I'm going to, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited for next week. Today's obviously important, but there was an article I read even in the uh, Cass County, uh, electric magazine that they sent out front lines or something it's called and and they were playing five uh you list you list three things in five seconds you know so so this lady's just playing this game with her grandkids like okay ready name three three superheroes go you know it's it's called five seconds superman you know they they try to blip stuff out and and, you know oh name your three favorite ice cream flavors go uh yeah you know they list that and and then and then she asked them name three things that adults do and immediately they, they didn't even need the whole five seconds they said Sleep, eat, look at their phones. <laughs> coming, from, coming from the mouth of these kids. And this, this woman who wrote the article, she said, wow, was I convicted immediately. And this story that she's shared with other people, convicted. I read it and I'm like, how many times on my family Sabbath day, Am I thinking that something is just so important and I get this notification and someone's like, oh, pastor, blah, blah. Dad, dad, here, we're playing the game. Like, yeah, yeah, one moment, guys. I just, uh. Guilty, guilty. And uh, I think about that. I'm like, man, I don't want my kids growing up and all they remember is dad looking at his phone. <laughs> I've got my metronome on there, so I got it. <laughs> Don't want to destroy it. Anyway, it's a great tool, but man, it can really destroy relationships, can it? Even our relationship with the Creator, the most important. And I, I've got I've got good stuff on there. You know, I, I've got I've got prayer apps to be praying for persecuted Christians. I've got you know, but you know, when does it become a distraction from just like completely pulling us away from experiencing God? And the devil loves it. Once someone gives their life to Christ and their soul is secure, the next best thing that Satan can do is distract you and keep you complacent, keep you apathetic, so you don't care about what's going on in other people's lives, and we're distracted. And we live in a distracted culture, don't we? Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's doing a really good job of it right now, if you haven't seen it in the news. I mean... What's going on in this nation, I never thought I would have to deal with or that my kids would grow up. I mean, my my childhood was way different than the childhood my kids are having to deal with. Uh, And I can't help but think, man, uh, you're familiar with the horsemen. I've done messages on it from Revelation 6. I'm like, man, I think hell is getting unleashed here. It seems to be amping up more and more and more. And uh, there's no time to lose. There's no time to waste. We're on mission and we need to be focused. We need to be devoted more than ever, or we are going to get eaten up uh, in this spiritual battle that's happening. So I'm, I'm, uh, I know I sound intense right now, but I'm going to give us, hey, these are the 10 things we should be devoting ourselves to uh, because there's so much at stake and God needs our attention. He needs our full attention. He needs our whole heart undivided more than ever. Uh, well, actually, I should, let me... God doesn't need us. He can do whatever he wants, but he wants to use us. He wants to make us a part of what he's doing. 
So, so this message, I, I hope to be positive. Next week, I'll, I'll talk more about kind of distractions, specific distractions, and then how, you know, just like little, little practical tips to get rid of those distractions. Some of what I already hinted like that, that I did right away after reading this article, just reducing push notifications, unsubscribing from me, et cetera. There's so many things we can do to unclutter our lives. Shut your phone off for a couple hours every once in a while. Anyway, uh, but here's the things that we should be focusing on or being devoted to each other. So the big idea today, and this is, here I'm talking about distractions and this uh, is not working. Wow, this is going to be problematic. Um, the big idea today is devote yourself to Jesus and each other. Devote yourself to Jesus and each other. So if you remember anything from today, and that's basically the, the first and second greatest commandments, isn't it? You know, let's love God, love others. Devote yourself to Jesus and devote yourself to each other. So that's the big idea today. Um, all right, so number one, we're just going to zip through these devotions. And uh, I did, this, was, this originally started with a, a list that my co-pastor, Brother Bob, came up with. There was, there was seven, seven items on there, and then as time went on, I added other things and verses, and then it, it melded into this. So I do have to give uh, Brother Bob some, some credit for what you're about to see. But I think this is a good list for us to take to heart. All right, so number one, what's the number one thing, person we should be devoted to? Jesus. Jesus Christ, our first love. Let's devote ourselves to him. Uh, We've got a number of verses here. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your might. First and greatest commandment right there. John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What's one way that we show that we love Jesus? O- obey him. Obey him. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He proved his love for us. If you ever doubt that Jesus loves you, just remember this. We just celebrated that last week, his glorious resurrection. And that should compel us to love him. Revelation 2, 3 through 5. Here's some convicting verses to the church in Ephesus. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love of you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. Repent. And do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Some pretty convicting words from our, our Lord Jesus, aren't they? And Bob and I, as the shepherds of this church, far be it from us that Jesus would have to come and remove the lampstand from our church because we don't repent. You know, in my younger years, I'd, I'd frequently go out and pray in the country, watch the sunset, watch the sunrise, you know, take time. Of course, that was before I had five kids and other responsibilities. You know, I, I, ha- I, had, more, I had more free time to, to, to give, give to the Lord. And, and every time I read this, I think, man, when was the last time I just went and watched the sunset with, with God and enjoyed it? You know, when was the last time that you know, I sang in the shower some worship song, you know, just, uh, just, just all, all these things that we can do to make Jesus our first love. I was reading, and I, and I, I am going to read this quickly. It was, it was so impactful to me uh, this, this morning. I was doing a daily office, 
We, I've, I've done a message on that. If you don't know what the daily office is, I think we've got the talk on our website. But basically, it's a moment, kind of like a mini Sabbath. You just take a moment to be still before the Lord d during any given day. Maybe it's right away in the morning, over a lunch break, before you go to bed. Just be silent before him for two or three minutes. Maybe meditate on the Lord's Prayer or some, some verse about stillness. And then usually there's some kind of devotional you might read and uh, but the point is just to, it's, the point is just to be with Jesus. Where a lot of a lot of Christians think, yeah, I need to read my Bible and get get something out of there to to spur me on for the day. Well, when you do a daily office, you're not trying to get anything out of God. You're you're just sitting at Jesus' feet, abiding in Him. You know, like like Mary did, and just enjoying His presence. And then almost always, uh, a byproduct of that is that you you do get something out of being in the presence of Jesus, don't you? You know, and you're more joyful, you're more patient, you have more purpose. But uh, I'm just gonna read this. So, so, so this would be a daily office. So you'd be silent for two minutes. This was the scripture reading. John 15, four through six. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. And now here's the devotional commentary. When we are busier than God requires us to be, we do violence to ourselves. Thomas Merton understood this and wrote. So this is a quote by Thomas Merton. There is a pervasive form of contemporary violence, activism and overwork. The rush and pressure of modern life are a form, perhaps the most common form, of its innate violence. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone, and everything is to succumb to violence. The frenzy kills the root of inner wisdom, which makes work fruitful. Some of you may be thinking, Pastor Paul, you should be preaching this to yourself. I, I am. I was very convicted by this. And when we do violence to ourselves, we are unable to love others in and through the love of Christ. So here's a question to consider. In what ways are you busier than God requires? In what ways are you busier than God requires? I'm actually going to pray this prayer too, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next point. So please pray with me. Father, I know how often I am carried away by too many concerns and demands and projects. I have felt the violence to my soul. Deliver me from this whirlwind around me and in me. Heal my tired and weary spirit. Allow the wisdom that comes from rest in you to flow deep within me. In Jesus' name, amen. So we can have distractions that we might think are good, where we're too busy doing too many things, and then there's the other distractions where we're maybe not doing enough, and we're sitting around on our phones watching the next YouTube video, looking at this person's Instagram feed. You know, obviously both of them in excess are not good. We, we need to find a good balance. So, number one, devote yourself to Jesus' first love. Number two, we need to be devoted to one another. That's the second, second commandment. Or that Jesus said, you know, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my my disciples if you have love for one another. This is what's supposed to separate us from the world, the love that we have for one another. And man, looking out at these faces, like just nearly everybody here I know has done an extreme act of kindness and love towards me. Even this morning, my two sisters here were helping get a stain off the back of my shirt. I'm like, <laughs> and, I, and I, it was very humbling. And I felt, love. I kind of felt like, you know, the disciples getting their feet washed by Jesus. You know, I'm bending over this chair. They're like, oh, Paul, you got this stain on the back of your shirt. And, they're rough. and, and it, was, it was so kind, you know, and it, it was humbling. But I was like, no, this, this is good and right for us to help each other out with things like this. And, and I was so thankful for that, just a small act of kindness. And, and it, it's, it seems, seems silly, doesn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, they scrubbed a stain out of a shirt. What's the big deal? No, it is a big deal. You know, how many other people in the world have friends like that that are willing to, hey, you got, you got some spinach in your teeth. <laughs> you know? I, I love that when people tell me, it's like, I don't want to be walking around, you know, hey, everybody, <laughs> got a big, big seed or something in there. Like, I, I, I enjoy that when people tell me, hey, let's fix this, like, yeah, let's fix it. You know, that's the attitude we should have. Uh, Romans 12, 10. Uh, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I like that. You know, if there's any kind of competitive people here, competitors like, let's start competing. Hey, who can outdo that person in helping, the, helping a brother out or doing good deeds? Uh, I know we've got some competitive people here. So outdo one another in showing honor. Isn't that amazing? Galatians 6, 2, 9 through 10, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ and let us not grow weary of doing good. Oh man, there's a lot of days today, Christians, that I'm feeling weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We should excel in taking care of our own, especially, you know, obviously we're commanded to love everybody, but especially those within the house of God. 1 John 3, 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. We've got the John three sixteen Christians who have accepted the gift of eternal life, and then we have the first John 3.16 Christians who are actually laying down that life for others. Which, which one are you? Are you simply a John 3.16 Christian that got your fire insurance and you get to go to heaven? Or are you a first John 3.16 Christian who's laying down their life for others? For me, that might look something as simple as seeing my frazzled wife at the end of a day and there's a kid that needs a discipline. Jesse needs his diaper changed. Hun, let me do it. I don't feel like doing it. Are you kidding me? Like some of the phone calls and emails that I deal with and conversations I have with people, and I've got all this heavy stuff hanging on me, but then I know my wife's been with these kids all day long. Like, okay, hun, let me, let me do it. I'll, I'll do the discipline. You st- I can't say, t- there's so many times that, oh, thanks, Paul. <laughs> She's just so relieved. And that, that's, that's, what makes, that's what makes it so worth it for me. It's like, I, I know what a blessing it is for my wife when I die to myself, lay down my life, and do those things that are not the funnest things to do. Let's love one another. Number three, prayer. Oh my goodness, we need to be devoted to prayer. Isaiah 56, 7. 
These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And we really strive to do that at this, at this church. We have a weekly prayer gathering. We have a pray day of the month, the eighth, the eighth of every month. We have a quarterly prayer gathering up that, that I organize. And then, of course, the National Day of Prayer is, is coming up soon. You should have seen uh, information for that in, in your bulletin. So we, we really try to have those rhythms of prayer in our church. And, and I hope and assume that everybody is having some kind of prayer time on a daily basis, not just uh, before meals. Uh, but my goodness, we, 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 we've got to be praying, uh, especially in this day and age. Uh, Luke 18, 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. That's the parable of the nagging widow, remember? She kept asking and asking and asking. That's what God wants us to do. Keep, keep asking. Wear, wear me out with your prayers, if you dare. That's how Jesus wants us to pray. Are, are, we, are we wearing him out? Acts 6, 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing could go on and on and on, but we, we are commanded to pray always. In the daily office, practicing that has helped me just in those moments of stillness, sitting at a stoplight, waiting to be seated at a restaurant or whatever, and in, in those moments just automatically like, okay, here's a good chance just to be still in this moment and bring something to the Lord, be in his presence. You know, uh, our presence it's probably the greatest gift that we can give anybody, you know, especially to God, you know, but, but then of, co- of course to others, like our, our undivided attention. And pr- I, mean, I mean, think about it. When was the last time you just sat down and had like a half hour conversation with a good friend? No one's looking at cell phones. No, you know, it's, and you're, you are just focused on each other and what's going on. I, I feel like it doesn't happen very often anymore. I, I, I hope and believe it happens with, with this group. Uh, but I think, you know, that's something that a lot of people are missing out on, just authentic relationships where people are actually in the moment. Let's, let's be in the moment with God in our prayers as well. Reading the word, just saying about that, stand on the word. I've been preaching this left and right. Read your Bibles every day. Well, here it is again. We're going to keep, keep preaching it. This is one of the first, uh, verses that, uh, Pastor Bob had me memorize as a, as a young man. Um, and I memorized it in a different version, but yeah, do, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua 1.8. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Think about it day and night. You know, there's some Christians like, ah, doesn't say you have to read your Bible every day, right? Well, let's keep going. Psalm 1.2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Oh, there it is again. Psalm 119.11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How does God's word get in our heart? Well, first we got to read it and then study it and then memorize it and then meditate on it, think about it, and then, and then it sinks into us and we, and we obey it and we live it out. That's, that's how. Deuteronomy 17, 19, and it shall be with me, and he shall read it all the days of his life. That he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them. 
Well, some might say, oh, well, that was for the king or the, the high priest. Right? You know, I'm, I'm not that guy. Well, if you claim to be in Christ, yes, you are. You're part of a royal priesthood. Uh, and we need to read our Bibles every day, Christians. We, 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 we must. There's, there's all kinds of things that we do every day. We've already been through this. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but we look at our phones every day. Uh, we check emails every day, most of us, or, you know, at least many days a week. We eat every day, shower sometimes, hopefully, brush our teeth every day, I hope. <laughs> reading, reading our Bible needs to be on the top of that list of everyday things. And I've been convicted of that. Instead of waking up, oh, okay, who texted me last night and sent me this? Okay. No, just go read your Bible right away. Don't read it on your phone. Get a, get a real one. This, you know, because it's, it's too distracting. Like for me, it is. I don't know. Maybe we've got some miracle anti-ADHD people here or something, whatever you call that. But uh, like, man, I, I pick my phone. There's been so many times I've picked my phone up to like look up a verse or something like, oh, this person texted me. And then, and then like half an hour later, it's like, oh my goodness, I just wasted so much time. You know, <laughs> get a real Bible. You know, pretty, pretty soon, well, who, who knows what's going to happen, but these, these things might not be working anyway. So, so get, get used to real physical stuff. All right, moving on. Um, uh, and then, and then la if you don't have a Bible reading program, I, I, I cannot recommend this highly enough. I, I have been so blessed by this. I, I, I keep telling my wife, Haley, uh, oh man, that got out choppy, too bad. Anyway, well, you can see it. Um, in, in my 31 years of following Jesus, I, I've not been enjoying reading the Bible this much. I mean, I just love the, it's, it's, a, it's not as much to read. It's two years instead of one year. Uh, Tony Perkins has got five uh, commentaries a week, you know, during the week. And the stuff that he points out and highlights, I'm just like, man, that's amazing. And just the, he uses the, the homiletics, Bob, which I know, you know, would appreciate that, you know, homiletics and hermeneutics and all those things to help you remember. And uh, it, it has been so encouraging to me. So if you're not reading your Bible every day, there you go. Do it. Five, serving the church. We've got to keep blazing here. All right. Number five, serving the church. We need to be devoted to serving the church. Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Galatians 5, 13. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. 1 Peter 4, 10. Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's very grace. We have an amazing, diverse, uniquely gifted, skilled, talented group of people right here, good looking too, which is a bonus. Um, and, and we need to use our skills and talents and giftings to serve, to serve the Lord. What, what has God gifted you in? How are you serving it? And, and it, it might be easy to come here on a Sunday morning and think, oh yeah, they got it covered, da 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 da, da. There's a lot of other things that we could be doing, uh, even... Well, I don't want to get ahead, but we, we, might, we might start developing a relationship with a certain entity where they might need some, some help from a church to volunteer for things and uh, uh, would give, get some more exposure. Now, remember, we, we, don't, we don't do good works just to impress other people, but Jesus said, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples, by you love one another. So if we never go out into the community... Uh, and serve, how's the world going to see us? So once again, we're not doing it to show off, but we're, we're doing it to, hey, this is what Christ has done in my life. Uh, there's an event coming up called City Serve North Dakota that's going to start the first Tuesday right after Memorial Day, end of, end of May, and it's going to go through that Saturday 
Uh, J.C. Schwartz from True North Church is organizing it, but it's going to be a citywide event for whatever, whatever churches want to volunteer. I hope to have more information on that soon uh, and be promoting that. But if, if you want to tentatively plan on that, they're going to have all kinds of service projects that need to be done throughout the city, and they're asking churches to step up and recruit volunteers. Uh, we used to do a day like this called Be the Church um, every year, but then this is going to be kind of like a, fi- a five-day thing and then we'll we'll have projects so so kind of put that on your calendar uh um so what is that last tuesday is it may 30th something like that may may 29th maybe whatever the last last tuesday of may through the first saturday in june is going to be city serve north dakota and it's going to be happening right in fargo moorhead west fargo so that'd be a good opportunity for us to all go out and, and serve number six giving generously full tithe uh, Pastor Bob gave a message on this not too long ago, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, my goodness, Psalm, Psalm 37, 21, the wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. Malachi three ten. bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Yep, um, we're going to keep going for the sake of time. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 and 11, this po- the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times, you may abound in every good work. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Are we generous to others with our time, with our energy with our resources our finances especially our spouse and kids are we generous to them with our resources our our finances our 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 energy our time let's be a generous people let's be devoted to it number seven inviting people into our homes are we devoted to inviting people into our homes romans 12 13 contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality Hebrews 13.2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And I bet there's more people here than me that have had an experience where they've stopped on the side of the road and helped somebody or someone came and helped them and then something happens and then that person's like just gone. Like, you know, I've heard countless stories like that from different people. You know, you might be, you might be entertaining an angel by helping somebody, being hospitable, inviting somebody into your home. Who, who knows? First Peter 4.9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's something else I need to work on. You know, sometimes I'll do it, but I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to get to this right away. But, but I, you know, I, I show hospitality, but I, I don't have a good attitude about it. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then Acts 2.46 and day, I don't think this is in the bulletin, but I just had to add it. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. When was the last time you invited someone over for dinner? Let's, let's be hospitable. Let's be hospitable. Uh, number eight, inviting people to church. And I have these in order for a reason, actually. I, I did order them of what I think is most important to, you know, they're all, they're all important, but I, I kind of did put them in this, this order for a reason. So before we invite people to church, I think we should invite them to our homes first, is one of the points I'm trying to get at. Invite, them to, invite people to church. Matthew 22, verse 9. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. 
John 1, 40 through 42, one of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. What if Andrew never invited Peter to come meet Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, God's going to have his way one way or another, but he, he used Andrew to bring Peter to Jesus. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And as I alluded to earlier, um, I, I, I think our days are growing short. I mean, it is true. We are one day closer today than we were yesterday to Jesus coming back, right? We don't know how many days we've got left, but I think we can see that the day is drawing near. Let's invite people to church. Let's share the gospel. Speaking of number nine, sharing our faith. Uh, I'm not going to read all these verses for the sake of time, but yeah, Matthew 28, that's the Great Commission. Go, get off your couch and get going. <laughs> share the gospel, baptizing them, teaching them to obey, observe everything I've commanded. Um, we need to be uh, active in sharing our faith. Romans 10, 14, and 15. How can they believe in the one that they have not heard. You know, someone needs to preach that good news to them. I'm summarizing these verses for the sake of time. Philemon 1.6, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. And we have tools sitting back at the table. In fact, uh, this one, people might think, kind of looks like a rainbow flag or something. They're like, oh wait, oh there's black on there. And it could be a good conversation starter. Someone might come up like, oh, what's that? And then, but it's got verses on it. So the, the yellow one, Romans 3.23, for, for all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. And then the black one represents death, for the wages of sin is death, gift of God is eternal life. Then you go to Romans 5.8, which we talked about. You know, um, they got, you know God loved us uh, when he sent his son. Ephesians 2.8 and 9, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And then Romans 10, uh, 9, 9 and 10. So it walks somebody right through the gospel. And then, you, and then you've got them right on that wristband. If you're not a wristband person, we've got, we've got the gospel business cards back there that have all, three, all five of those verses on them. Leave it in a restaurant tab, give it to somebody at the checkout. We've got those little gospel cards. And, and then we've got the gospel Bibles back there where you, if, if you actually want to take the time to talk to a friend or something like, hey, can you read these verses with me? And, and it's a way, to, a way to share the gospel with people. Let's be active in sharing our faith. And lastly, moral purity. And this one's become much more prevalent uh, in recent years with the transgenderism push and all these things. But uh, my goodness, um, we better check ourselves, Christians. If we're upset with other people spitting in the face of God and his image of how he made them male and female, you know, if we're upset about that that's happening, then we had better be having our acts together and not be looking at things that we shouldn't be looking at or having lustful thoughts, things like that. You know, it's, 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 all, it's all sexual sin and, and it needs to be repented of. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So that there is a unique aspect of sexual sin. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For, where, for, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So the phrase, my body, my choice, that does not compute with the Christian. Your body, it is not your body. Jesus bought you. 
And your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And we need to treat it as such. In, in everything, what we look at, what we consume, what we allow our bodies to do. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. And then lastly, 1 Peter 2, 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. I hope in this list that there was at least one, if not a few, that struck a chord uh, in each of our hearts. Uh, the good news is God's not done working with us, is he? He's not, he's not done. He's going to carry us unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Uh, we should always be striving to improve in our faith. So, so my, my question to you, out, out of this list of 10, I put all the verses in there for you. So pick, pick one or two to be working on this week. Look up those verses, read them, memorize them, and, and, and repent uh, so that God can use us. Because like, like I said, we live in a very distracted world. Satan's trying to distract us from what's important, and we need to be devoting ourselves to, to these things that are, that are, that are important. So, so pick a couple, and be like, all right, Lord, I need to repent of this. Let's, let's, make some, let's make some changes. Let's allow God to call you up to who he wants you to be. A new creation a soldier, part of his family, part of his body. Devote yourself to Jesus and each other. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, keep moving in each of our hearts. How, do we, how can we be more devoted to you today in these areas? Lord, I know each of us here, there's, there's got to be at least a couple on that list that we can grow in. Uh, Lord, I pray we'd be a people who are devoted to you, Jesus, first and foremost, above everything else. We'd be devoted to one another. We'd be devoted to prayer, devoted to the word, devoted to serving, giving generously, sharing our faith, inviting people into our homes, inviting people to church, uh, and moral purity, Lord. Lord, pray that these would be in the forefront of our minds uh, in this world that so badly wants to drag us away and destroy us. Lord, give, give us a focus. Give us a renewed devotion to you today. And Lord, we thank you for the food that we'll be uh, eating soon. Just pray to strengthen our bodies with it. Bless our conversation. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.